Well, friends, I know you'll join me in giving an extra special prayer of thanksgiving for our Sunday school teachers this morning. What a blessing it is to have all of you in our midst this morning, and a blessing it is to have them as well. Today's sharp words in our gospel lesson from Jesus are really an invitation to rethink the things in our lives, to reconsider what we might think to be a blessing, but is actually a burden. And so to ask, what are those things that will really set us free? What are those things that will really satisfy our hearts? Now, the language is sharp. The word blessing or blessed can be translated happy, but that doesn't get to it, and neither does the word blessed. It it might be better to say unburdened or satisfied, but even then, it doesn't dull those sharp words of Jesus that encourage us to rethink our priorities and to root ourselves in the grace of God, to surround ourselves with the mercy of God, and to pursue as best we can the justice of God. Let us listen then for the word of God in this, the gospel reading from Luke chapter 6, verses 20 to 26, and continuing on. Then he looked up at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude you, revile you, and defame you on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven, for that is what their ancestors did to the prophets. But pay attention, you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Pay attention to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Pay attention to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when you speak, and woe when all speak well of you, for that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. But I say to you that listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray for those who mistreat you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other as well, and from anyone who takes away from you your coat, Do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you. And if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do unto you. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Friends, if I close my eyes and remain very still, I can still hear those first cries from my son's crying breath. It's a heart's memory and one more of emotion than the actual events, but I remember their first breath and their first snuggles when they were so small. I especially remember their birth on days like today where we give thanks for a young baby being baptized into our midst in the gift and the joy of new life, a tangible reminder of God's grace to us and for us. Now, Genesis speaks so beautifully about the creating and nurturing love of God. It's not a scientific statement, but it's a spiritual truth about the way God goes about being God. Ours is a God who molded us from the earth, crafted us with care, and then at the right time, 
breathed life into our frames. Now, ruach is the Hebrew word for breath. Isn't that a great word? Ruach. It's the kind of word you don't want to say if you've been eating Italian food. But ruach is also the word for spirit. To the Hebrews, it is breath and spirit that moves over the face of creation's deep. It is breath and spirit that speaks everything that is into being. And it is both breath and spirit that breathes life into our frames. God's love is so deep that the divine spirit is breathed into each of us. And each of us bears not only the image of God, but the divine breath within every strand of DNA. Now the ancient Hebrews also felt that the name of God was finally unpronounceable. So holy, so intimate, so close that it could only be represented by consonants. Yod, He, Vav, He. To the mystics it would form a prayer. Yod, He, Vav, hey. But the English, we like to, uh, well, we like to push everything together and we guessed at the vowels and we use the word Yahweh. But that's not the name of God. It's only an abbreviation. God's name being too holy, too close, too intimate for words. And later the rabbis would tell a story that Yod, hey, Vav, hey, is actually the sound of breathing. Yod, Hey, Vav, hey. And that means that the closest name we have for God is the very sound of our breath. What is the first thing that we do when we are born? We breathe. And in this way, the rabbis would say that our very first breath, our very first cry is a cry and a prayer to God. So as we hear the restlessness of the children in our midst, can we imagine that those are indeed prayers to the living and holy God? There's something sacred about holding that we life in your arms to feel and hear its breath. And young Lewis today was so good. He made me look so good, didn't he? And he's looking at the ceiling with this awe of wonder in his eyes. Maybe it was the glare off my forehead. I'm not sure. But there's something sacred about that life in your arms. To feel and hear their breathing. What if we imagined in our lives day to day, each breath, in and out, yod, he, vav, he, was the sound of God's name, the sound of life itself. What if what Genesis is trying to tell us that all of life is sacred? Our last act before returning to the mystery of God is to breathe our last breath, our last earthly prayer to the eternity of God. There's an American researcher who researches those who are experiencing their last living moments, and he says... That those who pass most peacefully, given all other things being equal, are those who have a measure of faith and die with prayer of, well, even lament upon their lips. And he says, I've been trying really hard to become a person of faith because I want to pass with that kind of peace. 
Yet if we take the rabbis seriously, then our first act of life is one of prayer, and our last act of life is one of prayer. A minister was visiting a man in the hospital not too long ago, and he says, Father, I pray, I pray so dearly that I might have enough faith to leave this world with prayer on my lips. And do you know what the minister told him? Prayer is already on your lips. If we take the rabbis seriously, then our last act of life is one of prayer. All of life, a sacred act, not separated or devoid from the divine, but our lives, the earth itself, filled with the sound of God's spirit, of God's very breath among us. Maybe that's why those wise Celts, our forefathers and mothers here in Scotland, would pray to God, nearer are you to breathing, closer than hands and feet. So very close is our relationship to God, so very deep is God's concern that our very breath becomes prayer and promise of God's loving intent for all of us. Now, in typical Protestant style, leave it to Calvin and Knox and the other reformers to try and bash out all the joy of that kind of a statement. And so they say it this way, what is your only comfort in life and in death? And the answer is that I am not my own, but belong with body and soul, both in life and in death, to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. There's nothing like academics to kill poetry. Paul says it with such great poetry in Romans. We do not live to ourselves, and equally we do not die to ourselves. If we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. Now the simple way to say that is that we belong to God. And that's what we recognized in this visible sacrament today. That we are born to be loved and that we will be loved long after our final prayer. That is the good news and the mystery of baptism. And that is also the assurance of All Saints Sunday. We belong to God. That's the sermon right there. All Saints Sunday is a day to give thanks for all the saints in our lives, seen and unseen, living now and alive beyond forever. Not so much veneration as it is thanksgiving. The day we remember with tearful thanksgiving all those lives who have gone before us. And it is also a day in which we celebrate with joyful exuberance the gift of new life in our midst. We, Lewis, here today. We, Ailey, born just weeks ago and attending worship right over there last week. The very real and joyful sound of God's Spirit in our midst. So that's the warning that Jesus gives to us in our Scripture this morning. Don't miss the presence of love by shying away from grace and mercy and justice. Don't miss out on that counterintuitive abiding of God's grace in our midst. And so finally, days, uh, finally, friends, today is a day that we remember that God never began to love us. And God calls us to love with every breath, to proclaim the name of that living God whose love will never end. Today we remember that death cannot separate us from love. Not from God's love, not from the love that we share with each other. In that mystery, those who love us in life are near to us always. 
They're near, they're dear, and not so nearly departed as we fear. That's what we mean when we say the Apostles' Creed and speak to the communion of the saints. It simply is that love never ends. Not now, not ever. Love's prayer is the first upon our lips. It is the last upon our tongue. It hymns us in before and behind. God love, God's love creates community. A family here and now. And love journeys with us long after that final breath. Yod, hey. Vav, hey. Long after that pr- final prayer. Yod, hey. Vav, hey. We're reminded that three things last beyond forever. Faith, hope, and love. And today we recognize again, the greatest of those is love. Hallelujah. Amen.